0: Love Talk Radio. You ready? It's time to start. This should be played at high volume. This is the Andrea Shay King Show. And I'm just a gal like any other gal. That's cool. Do you know what this is? What is this? The Andrea
1: Shay King
0: Show. It's me, don't you remember? We were just talking about you. Totally amazing. Thank you. The Andrea Shay King Show. I think you've got something there. Andrea Shay King. You're really going to like it. Quite understandable. It's on the air. Something's definitely going on here. Take my word for it. Now. Come on. It's showtime. Make it so. Ready, go.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the program. And it is Monday, January 29th. We are entering the final week of January as we move into February and closer to spring for all of you folks living in the northern tier. I know that that's good news for you, right? Good news. Yes, it is. Another good news is that the uh, House Intelligence Committee decided today that they were going to let the memo be released And, uh, so not a single Democrat voted to release it, by the way. Is that a surprise? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, you can start the clock because if President Trump has no objections to the memo, and we already know that he does not have any objections, he has tweeted thusly. And it is believed that he has already signed the, um, the, the memo or whatever official document he had to sign. Uh, it is believed that he's already signed it and that he did it before he went to Davos. So, um. Oh, I think we're we're going to be seeing this uh, memo uh within the next 5 days. Yeah, that would be my guess on it. Also, what are they what are they trying to hide? What are they trying to hide? Well, we're going to talk about that tonight too. We're going to call it ObamaGate because that's what this is. Who's zooming who? Who are they really trying to hide to protect? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at that. Also, some strange timing. Stepping down the day after the FBI brass sees the memo. Uh, Andrew McCabe stepped down. Wonder what's in uh, in the memo. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump Jr. saying that. Uh, Dan Bongino tweeted out that the Democrats are scurrying like roaches when the lights come on. Yeah, they are. And Sarah Carter tweeted out the latest. Sources in Bureau telling me whistleblowers feel confident more resignations to come. We've also got some inside uh, dope, if you will, from uh, true pundit, uh, Thomas Payne. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. So make yourselves comfortable. Uh, those of you who are in the chat room, settle in. We've got Bob Evers, Golf Dogs, Lugnut, Lugnut, Lugnut back with us tonight, Dell 747, and Robert Anthony, otherwise known as Bob, our, our uh, resident expert on everything broadcasting. By the way, Bob, and everybody, I saw that Ajit Pai of the FCC, chairman of the FCC, has said he does not want to see the government get involved in doing a 5G network for the country. He uh, doesn't like the idea of government being involved in that at all. So uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's uh, Maybe it was a trial balloon that was floated uh, out of the White House, and uh, uh, maybe it just landed with a big thud. Boom. We'll see. Okay, all right, so uh, let me say hi to the folks who are listening on the line, telephone line that is, area code 937 and 260 are with us so far. And if you want to join them, listen to the uh, show on the phone, you can do so, 646 478. 4604 that's the number to dial in on looks like blog talk radio tonight is okay looks like they got their zingaya direct dial function working tonight i didn't get any little host notices popping up on the host screen so uh, i think we're good to go the only thing is i when i typed up tonight's show description i spelled my name wrong <laughs> yeah i don't know if anybody noticed it but it's i mean it's staring me right in the face Kiong instead of king. I added an extra vowel in there. You can have it if you want it. Just take it. <laughs> all right, let's get started here. I have got so much. Oh geez. You know, everybody's saying all all of the radio hosts are saying the same thing. It's just it's, there's so much news breaking. And I have to tell you, I was listening to the first hour of Rush Limbaugh today. And he and and his I mean, God love him. I love I love Rush. I, I listen to him almost every day. But today, I just couldn't get into it because he was just not talking about what I thought was important. And it was just fluff. It was just fluff. And I wonder if he does that sometimes just because he's calling it in. Or maybe he's doing that to uh, avoid having to talk about more uh, serious issues. I don't know. I don't know, but sometimes he's off the mark, Uh, and maybe that's just me, but when I'm listening, I want to listen to meat. I want to hear what's going on. Dan Bongino is my latest favorite. He is awesome. Have you been, his numbers have been just phenomenal. He was talking about it oh today and then last week too thanking his listeners. He oh my god his, his his listenership on his podcast are just skyrocketing. And no wonder. Of course he's got plenty of um exposure as well. He's on Fox. I mean, he's doing hits on Fox, Fox and Friends, and he's doing Hannity. I mean, he's all over the place. So He's getting lots of exposure, which is good for him because he's a good guy. He's one of the good guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get started, shall we? Okay. Uh, let's see. I want to make sure that I've got the right. Uh, the right. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do. Okay. We're going to start with this. Um, Conservative treehouse. Hours after FBI Director Chris Ray reviews House Intel memo, Assistant FBI Director McCabe resigns. Um, Sundance did an excellent thread over the weekend on Twitter, and uh, I posted it on my site, on my Facebook page, and uh, gave him, of course, gave him credit. Um, and it was just very very well done and if you didn't get a chance to see it um head over to either uh, well actually he's got it he's got it posted as an article um on uh, the conservative treehouse which is what I think he's doing he's you know a lot of these guys they they're composing their um posts and then they're breaking them down into threads and posting them on Twitter which is kind of cool i like that i like the way that's done i mean it's it gives it to you in bite-sized chunks and each bite-sized chunk gives people the opportunity to comment on it if you're doing it on Twitter, which is, which is a, a, a new approach to having a conversation on social media. Anyway, um, on Sunday night, you probably know now, the uh, Justice Department was granted access to view the House Intelligence Committee memo the Newness Memo. Uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray went to uh, the secure facility, the SCIF, in the basement of the House of Representatives to uh, look at the content of the House Intel Committee Memo. And today, uh, the FBI released an announcement saying that Dick Dep- Andrew McCabe has stepped down or been removed, depending on uh, which uh, media outlet you're listening to. Uh, from his position, effective immediately. He was out of the building by noontime. They brought him some cardboard boxes and said, pack it up, pal, you're out of here. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if that's exactly how it happened. I wasn't there. But but we do have some interesting um, uh, uh, insider stuff, okay? Um, for example, uh, Thomas Paine over at True Pundit, now he's writing that uh, fbi De- Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, in the days leading up to his forced resignation today, threatened to torch, and that's in quotes "torch the FBI if he was expelled from his job without full retirement benefits. This is according to sources with direct knowledge of private conversations that McCabe shared with agents. One FBI source said quote he was un glued. Someone should keep an eye on him. We have leakage. Do we have leakage? Houston, we have leakage. But McCabe may also have been reacting, in part, to another growing problem beyond the corruption scandals enveloping McCabe's leadership at the embattled FBI. An FBI insider with intel inside the embattled bureau, who has vigilantly worked to uncover systemic corruption inside the FBI, is rumored to be penning a tell-all book that promises to blow the roof off the inner workings of the FBI's controversial seventh floor. This trouble for more than just Mr. McCabe. The story is developing, and uh, as Thomas Paine says, we will update as more intel is gathered. Now, I'm going to take a, I'm going to kind of take a leap out there and say that. Uh, The the insider, the FBI insider who's who's, uh, writing this book, rumored to be penning a tell-all book, I think it's Thomas (laughs) Paine. Thomas Paine and probably uh, another somebody, okay? I don't know, maybe two other somebodies. Yeah, that's what I think. Because uh, Thomas Paine is an award-winning writer, award-winning journalist. If you go to his Twitter site, you'll see that. So there's that, okay? There's that. Uh, let's see, what else did I have? I, I'm, I've got the problem here is I've got so many things up that it's just, ooh, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm doing a juggling act. I'm, I'm working with a 15 inch screen, okay? Now, I, people who are doing what I'm doing, they're working with, you know, these big, beautiful Mac. Screens, Macintosh, Apple screens that are like I don't know, 18 inch, 20 inch, 24 inch. I, I wish I had that because boy, I'll I tell you, I'm, I'm maneuvering. <laughs> I hope I don't lose anything. Anyway, okay. Scott Pressler, who tweets, um, he uh, he's on Twitter a lot. Uh, he tweets the following: For Andrew McCabe to resign ahead of schedule on the day that the House Intelligence Committee is discussing the memo, the day before President Trump's State of the Union means this is going to be a great 2018 (laughs) victory. The House Intelligence Committee voted to release the memo. Your phone calls worked. Your emails worked. Your tweets worked. Hashtag release the memo. Today is a victory for the American people and proof that when we harness our power, we publish anything. Thank you, Devin Nunes. Hmm. Judge Napolitano had something to say, too. As a matter of fact, um, let me play the clip because I actually have the clip for you. He was just on with um, Martha, Martha McCallum, and um, he had this to say about it. here
2: with more Judge Andrew Napolitano, Fox News Senior Judicial Analyst, uh, back in New York tonight. Judge, what do you make of this so far tonight?
3: Well, we have a a bit of a standstill with respect to the committee because in in response to this Republican – drafted four-page memo based on raw intelligence data. The Democrats have drafted their own memo, which they say is based on the same raw data, and the committee voted to uh, release the Republican version, but not the uh, not the Democrat version. I'm of the view that when Chris Wray, the uh, director of the FBI, went to the House Intelligence Committee safe vault on a Sunday afternoon to read the four-page memo. He saw something in there about Andrew McCabe, which was the straw that broke the camel's back for him and decided that it was time for McCabe to go. I don't think Chris Ray saw the inspector general's report. That would be highly, highly irregular for him to see the inspector general's report before it came out. But remember, Martha, you just reported a few minutes ago that the Justice Department last week cautioned the House Intelligence Committee against releasing the report when no one from the Justice Department had seen the report. In fact, as far as we know, the only human being from the Justice Department who has seen the report is the director of the FBI yesterday afternoon.
2: So in terms of what happens now, and, you know, just to also mention, there was a story last week that Christopher Ray was being pressured to let Andrew McCabe go and that right. he had pushed back on that. Um, so now, for whatever reason, and, you know, it may be the reason that we've just talked about here, the, the revelations to Mr. Ray about these memos. He, he appears to have changed his mind based on something that he, that he saw or read or perhaps information that he passed along to Andrew McCabe and said, you know you, should know, you should know this. You may want to get out in front of this.
3: Right. So we don't know if Andrew McCabe was, jumped, uh, was, was pushed uh, or if he jumped, but we do know it followed so closely in time, Director Ray's view of not only the four-page memo, but most likely, because he has a top-secret clearance as director of the FBI, but most likely the underlying raw intel on which the memo was based, that he went to his colleague and longtime friend, Andrew McCabe, and said, I don't think you want to confront this. I think it's time for you to go. Now, what's in in the
2: memo? In terms of the FISA process, Judge, because, you know, obviously there's a judge that approves, there's a panel of judges that approve these requests. So that's supposed to be the stopgap in these situations yes. when, you know, if something phony from a dossier is brought before these judges, they're supposed to have the discretion and the judgment to say this doesn't add up.
3: But, but a judge's discretion is only as good as the evidence that is brought before him. And in this unique situation, and I been very critical of it, as you know, where the court meets in secret and there's nobody there on the other side. The court meets with lawyers and agents from the NSA and generally accepts what they say. We'll ask a few probing questions, but if they give garbage to the court, then garbage is going to come out in the form of the warrant that the court will sign. Question, did they knowingly, did anybody in the FBI or the NSA knowingly mislead a federal judge in order to get the judge to sign a warrant? The answer to that is yes then heads will roll, not just discipline from the DOJ, but criminal prosecutions of the people who misled this judge.
2: Judge, thank you very much.
0: You're welcome.
1: Judge, thank you very much. Indeed, thank you very, very much. Okay, so it looks like the vote to release the memo was strictly party line. Uh, There were no Democrats who voted for it. Of course, all the Republicans on the committee voted for it. Uh, How many Democrats, think about this, uh, let this seep in a bit. How many Democrats were and are being blackmailed with their own data that has been stolen by the congressional Pakistani intelligence spy Imran Awan? Think about that. Now, here, here are the members, uh, the committee members on this uh, H- House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, the Democrats: Adam Schiff, California; Jim Himes, Connecticut; Terry Sewell, Alabama; Andre Carson, Indiana; Jackie Speier, California; Mike Quigley, Illinois; Eric Swalwell, California; Joaquin Castro, Texas. Denny Heck. Wonder what you know. This uh, uh, Andre Carson and Jackie Spear were deeply involved with Imran Awan. Jackie Spear was the one who signed off to get him a top secret clearance, security clearance. They, the, I, I tell you, I think there's something here that's really going to bust out. There's more to this. As as we've been hearing, this is just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, did you hear today that uh, Tom Perez, the CEO of the Democratic National Committee, is leaving? Yeah. Well, after less than a year on the job, uh, getting out while they getting's good. Yep. Anyway, uh, House Judiciary uh, 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 Chairman Bob Goodlatte wrote a letter to uh, FBI Director Christopher Wray requesting the preservation of McCabe's communications and uh, i got you know a lot of people have been saying i don't trust christopher ray ah, same thing with jeff sessions get rid of just jeff sessions ah, you know the more we're learning about this the more we are realizing just how meticulously this sting has been planned and f- and for how long it's been undergoing Yeah, so uh, anything that I said about Jeff Sessions, I take it all back. Anything bad, any doubts I had, I take it all back. You know, he's known in Alabama as the silent assassin. (laughs) Okay, let's read this letter uh, from uh, Bob Goodlap. To the Honorable Christopher Wray, Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Dear Director Wray, we've learned today through media reporting of Deputy Director Andrew McCabe's decision to stand down or step down. As the number two official at the FBI, the Deputy Director oversees all FBI operations, including criminal, terrorism, and counterintelligence investigations. You are now faced with naming someone new to serve as your deputy. This is an important decision in helping to restore public trust and confidence in the FBI after the significant disruption of the past two years. Deputy Director McCabe's decision to step down comes at a time where a confluence of events and reporting shows serious irregularities in the FBI and DOJ's investigation of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified information. Deputy Director McCabe was prominently involved in both that investigation and the FBI's pre-Special Counsel investigation into allegations of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. It is essential that the FBI preserve Mr. McCabe's emails and all other communications before his official departure from the agency. This committee currently has an investigation open on the FBI's handling of the events surrounding the 2016 election. It is therefore essential that we have all of Deputy Director McCabe's documents and communications pertaining to the 2016 election. It is also in the public interest that all documents and communications pertaining to Mr. McCabe's involvement in the pre-Special Counsel Russia investigation be preserved from destruction or deletion. These measures are critical to ensure that this committee and others can perform necessary and robust congressional oversight. Thank you for your immediate attention to this request. McCabe must be crapping himself and you know, George Webb has been saying all along that McCabe and et all and his cabal have been using a Dropbox. Their emails have been going into a Dropbox. It's like a big cloud that contains all their emails, so that they can all see what each other is t- telling each other. The Dropbox. Well, it is believed that 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 um, uh, stroke. Peter Strzok, stroke Strzok, um, and uh, Lisa Page and Andrew McCabe and blah, 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 and Comey and just a whole bunch of them. They have been, that's the 50,000 emails. You know, people are saying, oh, 50,000 emails between Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, my God, they must have, when did they have time to work? No, 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 no. They're not all their emails. At least not according to George Webb, who had this sussed out weeks ago. Oh, I wouldn't even want to say months ago. As fast as time is going by, what seems to be weeks is actually months. I'll tell you, I am so glad I've been following him. He has his quirks and his idiosyncrasies, but God love him. He is, he is tenacious, and he is on the ball, and I am so glad I've been following him because everything that we're learning now from Q, from, from uh, other people in the Sarah car, et cetera, et cetera, it all fits together. It's like everybody's been working on this mega puzzle, and George has started over in the right-hand corner, and he's been filling in the edges and, and doing most of the work. And then others have come along and said, "Ooh, I've got a piece here that I think fits." And and eventually, with 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 all of this crowdsourcing, putting the whole picture together. And Congress, <laughs> they're the they're the last ones to come to the table and put their piece in, but they're coming. Thank God for that, huh? Thank God for that. Okay, so um, one of the people that is paying close attention to uh, Q and I think also to George Webb is a gal named Amy. And Amy has kind of uh, become my new pal, my new, my new Facebook pal, because she and I share the same interest in common. And she dropped a link in my um, one of my posts tonight. That led me over to 8chan. Okay, that's the message board, the dark web message board. Um, and I want to read this to you because this is amazing. And again, George Webb is already there, not with this level of detail, but the bottom line is he is already there. George Webb is saying that the Navy is involved in this chicanery. The, the, the nuclear, the the uranium, the Navy is involved. Now, is it everybody in the Navy? No, not any more than it's everybody in the FBI or everybody in the CIA. It's the, it's the top management, and they're all in cahoots with one another. And this is this is why this spider web is so extensive and so convoluted and complicated and complex because there are so many players involved. So you listen to this. Here's what I mean. Okay, this starts out with so Obama pardon strokes grandpa the father of Peter Strock I should say stroke, not Stroke. The father of Peter Strock is Peter Strock senior, and he was in the Army Corps of Engineers. Oh, he was actually a career expert in sanctions and nuclear activity in Iran. You you might want to write this down. <laughs> it gets complicated. Okay, father of Peter Strzok is Peter Strzok Sr., Army Corps of Engineers, career expert in sanctions and nuclear activity in Iran. The younger brother of Peter Strzok Sr., the father, is Mark Strzok, who works for Mammoet, and they are world leaders in big cranes with a specialty in moving nuclear reactors. Now the son of Mark Strock, who would be Peter Strock's cousin, is Devin Strock. He's a Coast Guard graduate and he now also lives in DC. The wife of Mark Strock and the mother of Devin Strock is Mariana Strock. Mariana or Mary is the daughter of General James Cartwright. Are you with me so far? I know, I know. Just follow, just follow me. Devin Strzok is actually Devin Cartwright Strzok because his grandfather, General James Cartwright, ready for this? Ready? Was pardoned by Barack Obama on his last day in office because Cartwright was accused of leaking info on Stuxnet. (sighs) You can't, you can't make this up. And if you want to find out, I mean, if you want to confirm this, you can go to justice.gov slash pardon slash Obama dash pardons. It's there. James Edward Cartwright, his offense, false statements to federal investigators in the District of Columbia. About Strzok. Wow. An emergency meeting between Devin Strock in the Situation Room in the White House, West Wing, May of 2015, with his new wife at 9.45 p.m. at night? About Strock, Just another meeting in the West Wing with Peter Strock too, his wife, Melissa Hodgman, and their two kids who kept the last name of Hodgman. Nothing to see here. Checks out so far, Anon. Amazing research. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, they're all connected. This spider web is just, it's hard to keep track of it all. It really is. I mean, okay. Strock, the father of Peter Strock is Peter Strock Sr., with uh, nuclear activity in Iran. Younger brother of Peter Strock Sr., Mark Strock, works for Mammoth, world leaders in big cranes moving nuclear reactors. Mark Strock is the son of Mark Strzok, Devin Strzok, Coast Guard graduate, now also lives in D.C., and that is who uh, George Webb has been focused on, this Devin Strzok. Devin Strzok has something to do with moving uranium around within the Navy. Logistics, something like that. Okay. So anyway, I thought I'd drop that little nugget, and I want to say thanks to Amy for sending that along. Appreciate that, Amy. Uh, let's see, James Comey tweeted, oh my God, I can't, this guy, this guy's unreal. This is what he tweets today. Special Agent Andrew McCabe stood tall over the last eight months. When small people were trying to tear down an institution we all depend on. He served with distinction for two decades. I wish Andy well. I also wish continued strength for the rest of the FBI. America needs you. Translation, please, Andy. Don't rat on me. <laughs> Tucker Carlson saying, according to our sources, Andrew McCabe is the subject of at least one, if not more, investigations by the the IG, the Independent uh, 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 what is it, Independent Counsel, the IG. And then Tracy beans, she cracks me up. she's really she's been she's been kicking ass. I'll tell you, if you're not watching her videos, you're missing something she is she's got this very sweet voice, very sweet, very sweet woman. She's got a very beautiful voice, very dulcet It just very nice. It put you to sleep, except for what she's telling you, which keeps your eyes wide open. Anyway, she tweeted out the following. she said, "Get in for a second. I know, I know." And it just makes me want to sound an air horn every time they lie. I should live stream me watching CNN. You want entertainment? Laughing out loud, that would be some entertainment. Can you picture it every time CNN tells a lie? Air horn. Oh, man. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. I guess we can afford to laugh right now, huh? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's keep on going here because we're on a roll. We're on a roll, roll, roll. Okay, so McCabe uh, resigns uh, after his boss, uh, FBI Director Ray, reviews the House FISA abuse memo. And uh, let's see. Uh, according, this is uh, now Sarah Carter wrote about this too. She says that McCabe apparently lashed out to his colleagues when he was told he would be asked to resign, according to sources. Uh, McCabe, who's facing three federal inquiries for conflicts of interest during his time at the FBI, is one of the numerous names mentioned in the classified memo detailing FISA abuse, according to sources who reviewed the memo. So it's starting to leak a little bit. Federal inquiries into allegations against McCabe, who was expected to resign in March, are based on documents and interviews conducted by this reporter over the past year and range from sexual discrimination, that would be Robin Gritz, the former FBI uh, agent, who has been interviewed by Jason Goodman on at least two occasions. And if you've not watched those interviews, why haven't you? Jason Goodman at CrowdSource the Truth. Just type in Robin Gritz, R-O-B-Y-N, and Gritz is G-R-I-T-Z, okay? Oh, man, she lifts the lid on this, I'll tell you. she She knows McCabe, and she knows... General Mike Flynn, who stood up for her when she filed a sexual discrimination charge against McCabe. That's why McCabe hates, hates Flynn. Well, that's not the only reason why, because Flynn's a good guy. Um, So anyway, uh, let's see. What else did she have to say? Um, Current and former FBI officials said McCabe's resignation is the beginning of more resignations to come. Uh, a former FBI official said, um, there are people lining up in the Bureau to go after McCabe. There will be a cleanup at the Bureau of his cronies. Isn't that, isn't that music to your ears? Oh, yes. oh. <laughs> According to several U.S. officials, McCabe's government communications were collected as part of the ongoing DOJ Inspector General investigation, which is expected to be completed by March. Let me just tell you also what George Webb said about McCabe and the use of phones. He said, McCabe's not stupid. McCabe is probably one of the most cunning, slyest of, of them all. What McCabe is, is he's a highly intelligent criminal. And instead of being the guy that the FBI would be chasing, he's he he became part of the FBI, but he has a criminal mind. And and uh, George uh, Webb said he's probably using a phone that is – um it's a scramble. It, it, it encodes. So you're probably not going to find a lot of McCabe's stuff, uh, at least maybe not right away. Okay. Uh, Let's see The classified memo Considered explosive and shocking And hundreds of Republican members And only a dozen or so Democrats Have taken the opportunity To review the report In a secured area According to congressional sources Wouldn't you like to know Who the Democrats are That went over there And dared to defy leadership And go over and read the memo Nancy, Nancy Pelosi (laughs) Now she's losing it Isn't she God, is she ever losing it? She's she, the woman's got to go home. She's got to go home, but she's got nothing else. This is what happens when you make a career out of out of doing what she's doing. What what is she going to go home to? She's going to go home and knit? Make doilies? I doubt it. Uh, House Freedom Caucus Mark Meadows said he's hopeful the memo will be released. Well, it was, and he called its con- contents shocking, shocking. Okay. Anyway, you can read this. I'm going to give you the link. Those of you who are in the chat room, let me, let me bounce over there. And, whoa, hey, look at all the people in the chat room. My goodness. You guys like Monday nights, don't you? <laughs> well, it's nice to see you all in there, really. It's just a delight. And and as long as I'm talking about it, we've got lots of people listening on the phone line now, too. Area code 480 931 518 Two six zero nine three seven five one eight. Did I say that? Yeah, nine three one two six zero. Yeah, got got lots of. uh, Thank you, thank you for coming. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for dropping in. I really appreciate it. Okay, Q. Over the weekend on Saturday, dropped mega mega messages. I mean, we couldn't keep up with it. And when I say we I mean Dr. Corsi and the guys over at the uh, c b t s underscore stream on YouTube trying to analyze what was coming out i mean it was just it it whoever q is must have gotten some rest after the trip to Davos <laughs> and then got busy because over there it's at q dot github dot i o there are well let's see it started with uh, number 609 okay and the last one he did was 639 so he did he did 30 drops 30 drops they were amazing truly were amazing i posted every single one of them on my facebook page and then i also posted the link to the YouTube video in which Dr. Corsi spends oh, an hour and a half going over every one of these and filling in the blanks. I'll tell you, he he's amazing, Dr. Corsi. You know, we played him, uh, we played the entire, what, uh, it was almost an hour and a half last week uh, of him analyzing what Q had dropped uh, on the 26th and the 25th. Well... I I I am I I never cease to be impressed and amazed with the with the depth and breadth of knowledge that Corsi has. <laughs> He's just amazing. So anyway, um you need to go over and read uh, I'm not gonna go over them tonight because we've got so much else. And this is this is your homework. You can go do this. This is your homework. Here's the here's the um Robert says Robert Anthony's saying last night he hosted the last half hour of the Alex Jones Sunday show to talk about QAnon. I bet that was interesting too, huh Robert? I bet everybody who listened to that was uh, enthralled. Yeah, because I really he's 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 right on it. He's right on it. And this Q is this is not a, I don't there's no way this is a hoax. Absolutely no way. This this Q is is legit. I think he's legit. Okay, let's move on. Uh Donald Trump Jr. slams Andrew McCabe for taking leave until retirement to make sure taxpayers are stuck with paying him for life. I love Donald Trump Jr., don't you? Man, he's 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 brassy. He's, he's got it. He's he's his father's son. He is his father's son with a little bit more polish. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he slammed former FBI Director McCabe after it was reported that he'd be taking uh, leave until his retirement in March, saying that this decision meant that the American taxpayer is stuck paying him for the rest of his life. Um, uh, McCabe resigned effective immediately today, but he's taking terminal leave until he can officially retire when his pension kicks in. So Trump Jr. uh, tweets, so – they will keep him on till then, despite all this, to make sure the American taxpayer is stuck paying him for the rest of his life. <laughs> nah, you know what? There's such a thing as asset forfeiture, and um, that was uh, something that uh, President Clinton signed into uh, law with the PDD sixty-two. George Webb talks about that, Presidential Directive sixty-two. And um, people like Andrew McCabe and the CIA and John Brennan and the whole cast of characters in the Obama administration and prior, uh, they've, been, they've been using this to, to – this gives them carte blanche to just ruin your life. If they want to make life miserable for you, they can seize everything, everything, asset forfeiture. So, I mean, hey, what's good for the goose? Be good for the gander, right? McCabe drives around in a two hundred and sixty thousand dollars sports car. How's that going to feel when they take that away from you, Andy? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Okay. So there's that. I just wanted to mention that. Um, I want to get to this first before this is kind of jumping, jumping to another topic, and we'll get back to this other, you know, this. I don't know. Let me see. I, this, whew, this is just so much. Okay, I promise you, what we're going to do next after I do this is we're going to talk about why Hillary wasn't indicted and who she's protecting as if you couldn't guess, right? We're going to get into that in a little bit. But before we do that, I want to tell you this. Um, somebody sent this to me, and I thought, oh, man, this is beautiful. I don't know who wrote it. It was posted on Facebook. Uh, I can't even remember. I don't even remember what page it was posted on somebody's Facebook page. And they didn't write it either. They had had seen it and grabbed it from somebody else. Listen to this. This is is great. Here's the deal on the deal Chuck Schumer rejected with DACA, with the president. (gasps) President Trump has boxed in the left beautifully. If you have any worry that President Trump is selling out his base, relax. Notice that Tom Cotton and Sonny Perdue are running point on this negotiation. First, number one, notice the timing of this out-of-the-blue offer by President Trump. Caught the left by surprise while Schumer and company were still licking their wounds. Classic negotiation tactic. Save your opponent before they slit their own throat, and they will thank you. It's it's Sun Tzu. Number two, while 800,000 is the number of DACA, quote, kids, we have been discussing, 1.8 million is the actual number who are eligible in this classification. By using the higher number, President Trump appears conciliatory and magnanimous, Offering the left a way to save face. Brilliant strategy. Don't be that they contract. <laughs> Number three. All know the entire one point eight million will not register. They never do. And they will not be eligible to vote. And they will have to come out of the shadow to be completely documented. And they have to live an extraordinary clean life, no crime, for 10 to 12 years. Otherwise, deported and ineligible. Next point. By limiting kids only, not parents, President Trump has utterly destroyed the left's narrative that the left is the only one who is compassionate. Trump also forces the left to drop their mask of the the DACA kids came here through no fault of their own, which means the parents, right? In other words, it's obvious. The left wants the parents as well because they want the votes. Motives of the left are revealed. (laughs) Next, understand we are close to a point where the DACA kids will champion Trump's proposal for pure self-interest and protest the left who's standing in the way. It's hilarious. Only President Trump could magically accomplish such a turnaround. By shutting down six to eight ways for immigration, President Trump cuts total immigration initially to Clinton levels and eventually to Kennedy levels. We will go from a million a year to less than 250,000 a year. Thank you, Mr. President. This helps all American workers. And the left is again boxed in as they have bet everything on support for DACA, but the left will not get the deal without border wall funding, which Trump pegged at $25 billion. We get our wall, or there's no deal. By supporting chain migration, the left can now be painted as pro-terrorist for political purposes. Remember, almost every poll indicates that the public is opposed to chain migration by 65 to 80 today that showed that more than 80% of Republicans are against chain migration. More than 80, 85%. And there are a lot of Democrats. I forgot what the exact number is right now. But it, it, was, it was surprising to me. The De- Democrat people, I'm not talking about the Washington Democrats. I'm talking about your, you know, your average person who's been a Democrat all their lives and aren't part of this Marxist leftist crap that's going on. They, they, they're opposed to chain migration too. So the Democrats in Washington, they're on the wrong side of chain migration. By ending the visa lottery, again, is with the vast majority of voters. He's on the right side of this, folks. Merit-based systems make sense. The Democrats are standing on quicksand by defending a lottery system. (laughs) Again, the white house and trump proposal is brilliant in asking for 25 billion for the wall and for port security border patrol etc in this way the dems can save face and claim that they're funding port security of course they're funding the wall as well and the 25 billion dollar trust fund ensures that the wall will be built and that funds will not be taken away later. Hmm? Hmm. If President Trump can actually resolve immigration, eluded politicians for three decades, he will be lauded as a great president. He will have accomplished the impossible. President Trump also removes immigration as a talking point for the 2018 election and beyond. <laughs> this is incredible. And do not underestimate the effect. Now that the proposal is out, of course, the hard right, and Coulter et al., collapses and overreacts immediately. Thank you. We needed your outrage to prove or to make the appearance that Trump was capitulating, performed beautifully. makes Trump appear as if he is the rational compromiser, coming to the middle to seek a solution. Now notice how the left has reacted. Pelosi has lost her mind, what was left of it. Other Democrat leaders, and using the term loosely here, They're foaming at the mouth. They're emotional. They're irrational. They're screaming at the unfairness of this deal when Trump appears calm, magnanimous, and quite reasonable. One of the most effective Alinsky tactics is to just divide a group and turn them on each other. President Trump has turned the DACA kids on the rest of the illegal immigrants and the Democrat Party. It's brilliant. If you're thinking this is the final deal, don't be ridiculous. It was a shot across the bow from President Trump. If the President or Tom Cotton or Sonny Perdue, they only have to walk away and let the clock run out. And make no mistake, if the clock runs out on DACA and the kids are to be deported, it'll be the Democrats who are blamed for not taking this deal. President Trump has the Democrats by their proverbial short hair? When he came out with that offer last week, I thought, you know, this is just his opening bid. Read the art of the deal; <laughs> it'll explain his thinking. It's so—I mean. I- Plus, I wasn't even worried about it. I know there were some that were just literally flipping out. I mean, Ann Coulter couldn't get to a, tight, a keyboard fast enough and a, and a radio show fast enough. Ah! And, you know, it's his opening bid. This is what he does. You always overreach. And not only that, but he's sized them up. Who was it? I was listening to something the other the other night. Um Oh, it was Corsi. Dr. Corsi, he said he said Donald Trump likes it when people underestimate him. When they think that he's a buffoon. Because he's not particularly articulate, and that's okay with him because it, Americans get it. And while you're sitting there talking to him, you think he's a buffoon, but he's counting every one of your eyelashes. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so true. Okay. Let me take a sip here. A little sip of my uh, cocktail. Mm. Sam's Wholesale Club Purified Drinking Water. (laughs) Okay. As I promised, what is going on here? What's really going on? Well, Andrew McCarthy over at National Review has written a piece. Uh, Actually, he wrote it last week. And... um, he calls it the key to understanding why Hillary wasn't indicted, okay? Yeah. New FBI texts highlight a motive to conceal the president's involvement. Obama, Obama, is he detestable? He's so detestable. Anyway, okay, so from the first, these columns, the McCarthy's columns, have argued that the whitewash of the Hillary Clinton emails caper was President Barack Obama's call, not the FBI's, and not the Justice Department. The decision was inevitable. Obama, using a pseud- pseudonym, pseudonymous, pseudonym, pseudonymous, I don't know how to say that. Isn't that awful? I think it's pseudonymous. He was using a pseudonym email account. Okay, let's make it easy. Had repeatedly communicated with Secretary Clinton over her private, non-secure email account. Now, these emails must have involved some classified information, given the nature of consultations between presidents and secretaries of state, the broad outlines of Obama's own executive order defining classified intelligence, Uh, see Executive Order 13526, Section 1.4, and the fact that the Obama administration adamantly refused to disclose the Clinton-Obama emails, If classified information was mishandled, it was necessarily mishandled on both ends of these email exchanges. Gotcha! If Clinton had been charged, Obama's culpable involvement would have been patent. Patently obvious. In any prosecution of Clinton, the Clinton-Obama emails would have been in the spotlight. For the prosecution, they would be more proof of willful, or if you prefer, grossly negligent, mishandling of intelligence. More significantly, for Clinton's defense, they would show that Obama was complicit in Clinton's conduct, and yet he faced no criminal charges. (laughs) She is clever. This is why such an indictment of Hillary Clinton was never going to happen. The latest jaw-dropping disclosures of text messages between FBI agent Peter Strzok and his paramour, FBI lawyer Lisa Page, illustrate this point. And I don't think that they were lovers, quite frankly. I don't think so. I think that was a cover to try and cover up all all of their their emails back – texts back and forth to one another. But that's a whole other point. For the moment, I want to put aside the latest controversy – the FBI's failure to retain five months of text messages between Strzok and Page, those chattiest of star-crossed lovers. And yet this glitch closes our window on a critical time in the Trump-Russia investigation, mid-December 2016 through May 2017. Now that's when the Bureau and the Justice Department were reportedly conducting and renewing in 90-day intervals Court-approved FISA surveillance that may well have focused on the newly sworn-in President of the United States. Remember, the Bureau's then-director, James Comey, testified at a March 20 House Intelligence Committee hearing that the investigation was probing possible coordination between Trump's campaign and Kremlin interference in the election. The retention default has been chalked up to a technological mishap. Assuming that this truly was an indiscriminate bureau-wide problem, that lost texts are not limited to phones involved in the Trump-Russia investigation, it's hard to imagine it's going on undetected for five months in an agency whose business is information retention, but it's not inconceivable. Attorney Attorney General Jeff Sessions maintains that an aggressive inquiry is underway. So let's assume, for argument's sake at least, that either the text will be recovered or a satisfactory explanation for their non-retention will be forthcoming. For now, let's stick with the Clinton-Obama emails. On July 5, 2016, Comey held the press conference at which he delivered a statement describing Mrs. Clinton's criminal conduct, but nevertheless recommending against an indictment. We now know that Comey's remarks had been in the works for two months, and were revised several times by the director and his advisors. This past weekend, in a letter to the FBI, and this would have been two weeks ago now, regarding the missing texts, Senate Homeland Security Chairman Ron Johnson of Wisconsin addressed some of these revisions. According to Senator Johnson, a draft dated June 30, 2016, which would have been five days before Comey delivered the final version, contained a passage expressly referring to a troublesome email exchange between Clinton and Obama I note that the FBI's report of its eventual interview of Clinton contains a cryptic reference to a July 1, 2012 email that Clinton sent from Russia to Obama's email address The passage in the June 30th draft stated quote We also assess that Secretary Clinton's use of a personal email domain was both known by a large number of people and readily apparent. She also used her personal email extensively while outside the United States, including from the territory of sophisticated adversaries. That use included an email exchange with the president while Secretary Clinton was on the territory of such an adversary. Given that combination of factors, we assess it is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. Now, on the same day, according to a Strock page text, <laughs> the star-crossed lovers, a revised draft of Comey's remarks was circulated by his chief of staff, Jim Rybicki, who has left the agency, quit last week. It replaced the words, the president, with the words, another senior government official. This effort to obscure Obama's involvement had an obvious flaw. It would practically have begged congressional investigators and enterprising journalists to press for the identification of the senior government official with whom Clinton had exchanged emails. That was not going to work. Consequently, by the time Comey delivered his remarks on July 5th, the decision had been made to avoid even a veiled allusion to Obama. Instead, all the stress was placed on Clinton, who wasn't going to be charged anyway, for irresponsibly sending and receiving sensitive emails that were likely to have been penetrated by hostile intelligence services. Comey made no reference to Clinton's correspondence, saying the following, We also assess that Secretary Clinton's use of a personal email domain was both known by a large number of people and readily apparent. She also used her personal email extensively while outside the United States, including sending and receiving work-related emails in the territory of sophisticated adversaries. Given that combination of factors, we assess it is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. Well, the decision to purge any reference to Obama is consistent with the panic that seized his administration from the moment Clinton's use of a private, non-secure server system was revealed in early March 2015. McCarthy writes that he detailed this reaction in a series of 2016 columns that what most alarmed Obama and Clinton advisors and those groups overlap was not only that there were several Clinton-Obama email exchanges, but also that Obama dissembled, uh, lied, about his knowledge of Clinton's private email use in a nationally televised interview. On March 4th, just after the New York Times broke the news about Clinton's email practices at the State Department, John Podesta, a top Obama advisor and Clinton's campaign chairman, emailed Cheryl Mills, confidant and top aide in the Obama State Department, to suggest that Clinton's, quote, emails to and from POTUS should be held, i.e., not disclosed, because, quote, That's the heart of his exec privilege. At the time, the House committee investigating the Benghazi jihadist attack was pressing for production of Clinton's emails. As his counselors grappled with how to address his own involvement in Clinton's misconduct, Obama deceptively told CBS News in a March 7th interview that he had found out about Clinton's use of personal email to conduct State Department business, quote, the same time everybody else learned it through news reports, quote. Perhaps he was confident that because he had used an alias in communicating with Clinton, his emails to and from her, estimated to number around 20 of them, would remain undiscovered. His and Clinton's advisors weren't so confident right after the interview aired. Clinton Campaign Secretary Josh Sherwin emailed Jennifer Palmieri and other senior campaign staffers stating, quote, Jen, you probably have more on this, but it looks like POTUS just said he found out HRC was using her personal email when he saw it on the news. Sherwin's alert was forwarded to Mills. Shortly afterwards, an agitated Mills emailed Podesta, quote, we need to clean this up. He has emails from her. They do not say state.gov. That is, Obama had emails from Clinton, which he had to know were from a private account, since her address did not end in state.gov, as State Department emails do. So how did Obama and his helpers clean this up? Obama had his email communications with Clinton sealed. He did this by invoking a Dubious presidential records privilege. The White House insisted that the matter had nothing to do with the contents of the emails, of course. Rather, it was intended to vindicate the principle of confidentiality in presidential communications with close advisors. And with the media content to play along, this had a twofold benefit. Obama was able to, one, sidestep disclosure without acknowledging that the emails contain classified information, and two, to avoid using the term executive privilege with all of its dark Watergate connotations, even though that was precisely what he was invoking. Claims of executive privilege must yield to demands for disclosure of relevant evidence in criminal prosecutions, but of course, that's that's not a problem if there's not going to be a prosecution. The White House purported to repair the president's disingenuous statement in the CBS interview by rationalizing that he had meant that he had learned of Clinton's home brew server system through news reports. He hadn't meant to claim unawareness that she occasionally used private email. This was sheer misdirection. From Obama's standpoint The problem was that he discussed government intelligence matters with the Secretary of State through a private email account. The fact that, in addition, Clinton's private email account was connected to her own private server system rather than some other private email service was beside the point. But again, the media was not interested in such distinctions and contentedly accepted the White House's non-explanation. Meanwhile, Attorney General Loretta Lynch ordered Comey to use the word matter rather than investigation to describe the FBI's probe of Clinton's email practices. This ensured that the Democratic administration's law enforcement agencies were aligning their story with the Democratic candidates' campaign rhetoric. If there was no investigation, well, there'd be no prosecution. In April of 2016, in another nationally televised interview, Obama made clear that he did not want Clinton to be indicted. His rationale Frivolous straw man. Oh, Clinton had not intended to harm national security. This was not an element of the felony offenses she had committed, nor was it in dispute. No matter. Obama's analysis was the stated view of the chief executive. If, as was sure to happen, in the executive law enforcement agencies conformed their decisions to his stated view, there'd be no prosecution. Within a few weeks, even though the investigation was ostensibly still underway and over a dozen key witnesses, including Clinton herself, had not yet been interviewed, the FBI began drafting Comey's remarks that would close the investigation. There would be no prosecution. On June 27th, Lynch met with Clinton's husband, former President Bill Clinton, on an out-of-the-way Arizona tarmac where their security details arranged for both their planes to be parked. Over the next few days, the FBI took pains to strike any reference to Obama's emails with Mrs. Clinton from the statement in which Comey would effectively end the matter with no prosecution. On July 1st, amid intense public criticism of her meeting with Bill Clinton, Attorney General Lynch piously announced that she would accept whatever recommendation the FBI director and career prosecutors made about charging Clinton. As Lisa Page told Peter Strzok in a text that day, quote, this is a purposeful leak following the airplane snafu, close quote. It was also play acting. Page elaborated that the Attorney General already, quote, knows no charges will be brought, close quote. Of course she did. It was understood by all involved that there would be no prosecution. Knowing that, Lynch had given the FBI notice on June 30th that she'd be announcing her intention to accept Comey's recommendation. Fearing that this might look a bit choreographed, the FBI promptly amended Comey's planned remarks to include this assertion, which he, in fact, made on July 5th. Quote, I have not coordinated or reviewed this statement in any way with the Department of Justice or any other part of the government. They do not know what I am about to say. You remember when he said that? Well, I can remember as clear as day. Mm-hmm. But they didn't need to participate in drafting the statement. And they didn't need to know the precise words he was going to use. It wasn't Comey's decision anyway. All they needed to know was that there would be no prosecution. On July 2nd, with the decision that she would not be indicted long since made, Mrs. Clinton sat for an interview with the FBI, something she'd never have done if there were a chance she might be charged. The farce was complete, with the Justice Department and the FBI permitting two subjects of the investigation, Mills and Clinton aide Heather Samuelson, to sit in on the interview as lawyers representing Clinton. That is not something law enforcement abides when it is serious about making a case. Here, however, it was clear there would be no prosecution. All cleaned up, no indictment, meaning no prosecution, meaning no disclosure of Clinton-Obama emails. It all worked like a charm, except the part where Mrs. Clinton wins the presidency, and the problem is never spoken of again. So I was listening to uh, Dan Bongino today, and actually I've also heard this from Rush Limbaugh as well. The left doesn't care about Hillary anymore. They would toss her overboard in a heartbeat. She is, a, she is an albatross. She is a, an anchor. She's dragging them down. They just want to cut her loose. But they can't because she was smart enough to send email to Obama and snag him so that no matter what happened to her, she could turn around and point to Obama and say, but he did it. And it would never get to that point. Obama and his people would never let it get to that point. So they thought. And they just figured that if she was elected president, boop, there's that rug. It's kind of lumpy with all the stuff that's been swept underneath it, but what the hell? What's another lump? It's a big lump. But they figured they could cover it. So that's the deal. And I'm wondering if. This four-page memo that's coming out may or may not implicate Obama, but I think eventually it will. And I'm going to refer you back to something that Q uh, posted that kind of makes us feel like, oh, no. Let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, Let me see. Hang on. I've got to do it. Okay, here it is. Here it is. This was posted on January 22nd, okay? And I'm just going to read you the pertinent part. Nobody can possibly imagine the pure evil and corruption out there. Those you trust are the most guilty of sin. Who are we taught to trust? If you are religious, pray. 60% must remain private, at least, for humanity. These people should be hanging. And what what uh, Corsi has interpreted this to mean, and it makes sense to me, we're only going to know 40% of the crap that has been going on. To know all of it. I know there are a lot of people who say, "I want to know all of it. Show I want to. I I am entitled to know all of it. I want to know all of it. I'm one of them. I want to know. I want to know. But if we knew all of it, I don't know that we'd ever trust anybody or each other again. I mean, this is let me let me just read you what leads up to that part of this post of this this uh, Q message. Again, this was January 22nd. What would happen if texts originating from an FBI agent to several internals discussed the assassination possibility of the POTUS or member of his family? What if the texts suggest foreign allies were involved? Forget the Russia setup. This is only the beginning. Be careful what you wish for as the world turns. Could messages such as those be publicly disclosed? What happens to the FBI? What happens to the DOJ? What happens to special counsel? What happens in general? Could messages such as those be publicly disclosed? Be careful what you wish for. This is only the beginning. Every FBI and DOJ previous case could be challenged lawless. Can you imagine the judicial chaos? Oh my God. Think logically. We haven't started the drops regarding human trafficking and sacrifices yet. Worse. And that's worse. W-O-R-S-T. Not worse but worst. Those Good, the, those who are good who know cannot sleep, those good who know cannot find peace, those good who know will not rest until those responsible are held accountable. Nobody can possibly imagine the pure evil and corruption out there. 60% must remain private, at least for humanity. These people should be hanging. I'll tell you what, we are in for some hair-raising, eyeball-wide-open kind of stuff. It's coming. And we won't even know but maybe 40% of it. Or let me put it this way. What the media and the uh, establishment will allow to come out, will be maybe 40%, but those of us, you, me, others out there who've been doing the digging, who've been down in the dirt, scratching, 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 digging up the bones like archaeologists on a dig, we're going to know more than 40%. We already know probably most of that 40%, if not more. And we're the ones who've been called, oh, conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Yeah. Bite this. <laughs> Bite this. I'm going to give you this link. Uh, to, uh, put it in the chat room for you. Uh, let me get over here. Chat, chat, chat. There we go. There we go. Okay, what are you saying here? Let's see. Let me see what the folks in the chat are chattering about. Um, let's see. Obama G- Golf Dog says Obama sealed everything. Lugnut is uh, uh, putting a link to uh, Thomas Wichter. Let's see. Robert Anthony, because the media is full of mockingbirds, same with Hollywood. Have you heard the numbers for the Grammys? Lowest in many years. Yeah, I mean, this is the detritus. This is the detritus, the garbage, the the bottom feeders. You know, I mean, I I remember – when I was a kid, you know, we used to eat a lot of fish because we lived on the coast, and I mean, it was just a staple. Plus, when you're Catholic, you eat fish on Fridays, right? And um, we'd, so, we, a lot of times, we would eat flounder. You know, you'd bread it, you'd fry it, whatever. And, and I, I, you know, I, I liked it until I found out that flounder is a bottom feeder. Flounder swims along the bottom of the ocean and eats all the detritus that is being dropped from fish that swim at upper higher levels. After that, it was kind of like, I don't know if I want to eat flounder anymore, but then I kind of resolved it by thinking, well, you know, crabs do the same thing <laughs> and I love crab meat. So, but this, we're talking these people, the, 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 actors in Hollywood, the, 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 the left, these are detritus. These are the bottom feeders. They don't use their brains. I I wonder if they have half a brain. You know, they're probably so drugged up, they've probably been doing amphetamines and and coke and crap. You know, I I don't need detritus. This is all detritus. Anyway, um, uh, Robert, I did not watch that cesspool of the culture at all. Well, good. I didn't either. I didn't even turn it on. Mm -mm. Mm. Let's see. Um. Let's see, Andrea, it won't tell us, but we the peeps know that he is involved. Yes, we know he's involved, absolutely. Halaskin says we need to start getting the ropes ready. That reminds me of, uh, of uh, something that, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Trump Jr. said, and I think I posted it here, yeah. He says, <laughs> this is, he tweeted this out, the left's never-ending never attempts to somehow make Hillary cool and likable is exactly what's wrong with the left. You can't play pool with a rope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I've given you the link to that. And that, that by the way, is, um, again, that's at um, uh, National Review, Andrew McCarthy, January 23rd. The headline is uh, Clinton-Obama emails, the key to understanding why Hillary wasn't indicted. There's a picture of the two of them and it, it really the sight of him, the very sight of him just disgusts me i can't even can't even get into it. It's just so bad. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, Obama's campaign paid nine hundred and seventy two thousand to the law firm that secretly paid fusion g p s in twenty sixteen See this is all coming out. This is obama's um was it um uh Obama for america um Yeah, Obama for America, for uh, his campaign, official campaign organization has directed nearly a million bucks to the same law firm that funneled money to Fusion GPS, which of course is the firm behind the infamous steel dossier, the PP dossier, Um, Obama for America or OFA, 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 has paid over 972 smackaroos, 972. Thousand smackaroos to Perkins Coy and that name keeps popping up all the time huh? Perkins Coy, they're right in the center of all of this This is according to records Filed with the FEC Federal Election Commission um, Washington Post Reported last week that Perkins Coy uh, An international law firm Was directed by both the National Democrat National Committee And Hillary Clinton's campaign To retain Fusion GPS in April of 2016 To dig up dirt On then-candidate Donald Trump Fusion GPS, we know the story, they hired Christopher Steele, the former British spy, to compile a dossier of allegations, blah, 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 blah. But the point here is that Obama's official campaign arm paid nearly eight hundred grand to Perkins Coy, and that was in twenty sixteen alone. The first payment was classified as legal services. It was made in April of twenty sixteen, totaled ninety-eight thousand bucks. A second batch of payments, also classified as legal services, were dispersed to the law firm in September and totaled exactly 700,000 Uh Payments from OFA to Perkins Coy in 2017 totaled 174725 bucks. So uh, so Obama, you know, he's got, he's got his little dinky-dinky-doo involved in all of this stuff. Yeah, Obama. Oh, man, I'd love to see him in jail. Okay. Beware, a scorched earth deep state retreat. This is a piece written by Joe Herring over at um, the Thinker, American Thinker. Yike, yike, yike a Listen to this. With the layers of corruption being peeled back, from the illegal and unconstitutional collaboration between deep state federal bureaucrats and a left-wing driven shadow government which is nothing less than a continuation of the worst elements of the Obama administration we can expect to see a predictable gambit coming soon from the besieged force scorched earth retreat see in war a retreating army is loath to leave infrastructure intact and and functioning for the use of the advancing enemy. The essential utilities and the infrastructure are destroyed during the retreat, forcing the enemy, or the victors, to lose valuable time repairing the damage, giving the retreating force more time to escape. The evidence of a deep state mentality among a significant portion of the permanent federal bureaucracy is unarguable. All that remains unclear is to what extent that this mentality is directed and organized by the devotees of the outgoing administration and the leaders of the Democrat shadow government. The malfeasance of the previous administration and its political allies is also unarguable, with only the full chain of command to be revealed. Who knew what and when? and what actions were undertaken, at whose direction, and why. The information at the heart of the Release the Memo initiative, hashtag Release the Memo, and its supporting documentation will go a long way toward answering these questions, which will lead to prosecutions and more revelations as the depth of corruption is brought to light. Faced with their undoing, the criminals involved have only one defense at hand. They must so destroy the systems and processes by which they are being held to account as to create in the mind of the American people a sense that this is merely another tit-for-tat political squabble and not the most wide-ranging, anti-constitutional, third-world-worthy coup attempt in the history of self-government. In the coming months, the empire will strike back, filing charges of their own through the Mueller investigation and through myriad other yet-to-be-made allegations which will originate from compromised bureaucrats within the federal agencies themselves. The resulting investigations and breathless reporting will be without merit, but they will serve to generate a fog hopefully convincing the American people that the Trump administration is so corrupt that it is fabricating the information contained in the release the memo memo, to conceal its own wrongdoing. In other words, the deep state operatives will accuse the administration of doing exactly what they themselves are doing and have been since before the election. The result? Scorched earth. Where the American people Regardless of political orientation, no longer trust that any investigation of the government conducted by the government can be relied upon regardless of evidence. Of course, the Democrat solution will be to put Democrats back in charge to return to a time when government worked for them, and the misuse of prosecutorial and investigatory power was rare and invariably the fault of Republicans. This will be their narrative, and the fake news media will echo it without end. Congressional Republicans must work in concert with the Trump administration to forestall the use of this tactic. They need to exercise their oversight responsibilities in a serious manner, and immediately hold accountable any bureaucrat who participates in the resistance mentality of the deep state. best strategy against a scorched earth retreat is rapid and overwhelming force. Get moving, Republicans, now, before chaos swamps our government. And I think that there's some correlation here with what Q has said about, you know, you, 60% must remain private because there's so much here so much that it could easily turn to scorched earth. And what are we left with? Don't know. Don't know. Let me give you a little bit about uh, what Q posted uh, over the weekend on January 27th. Hmm. Why would D's have MW conduct the follow-up to the SOTU? Why would the Democrats have Maxine Waters conduct the follow-up to the State of the Union? Well, she's going to be doing it, but she's not going to be doing it on mainstream uh, uh, TV. She's going to be doing it on BET. She's going to be talking to the black folk. Uh, they, th- they must think the, 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 the black, our black brothers and sisters are stupid. Anyway, what is she being used for? What is M.W. used for? Reread past drops. Mouthpiece controlled. Carefully crafted out there statements with falsified fake Mueller drops will be made that nobody else would dare say or suggest pawn. She's a pawn. She's going to say carefully crafted statements that are so far out there, that are so fake, nobody else would dare say or suggest it about Mueller, you know, about the Mueller drops. What do they expect is coming? What must be said to provide a counter-narrative? Start thinking, folks. What must be said to attempt to blind? What must you feed them? Blind is in capital letters. Feed is in capital letters. The next part is all capitals, Every MSM news station next week will be saying and pushing the exact same counter-narrative. Fake news. Mueller, fake news. Russia, Russia, Russia. Should that fail, expect a major FF, false flag, to force a shift. And then back in upper and lower case. Predictable. We see all. We hear all. Wizards and war, and war is in brackets, war locks. Wizards and war locks. These people are really dumb. And the dumb is spelled D-U-M-B in capital letters. Then there's a lot of talk here about Snowden, too, um, Hong Kong, it, it, this is kind of interesting as well. And, and kind, of Corsi seems to think that Snowden and Assange are coming back here and that um, they're going to help Trump clean out the intelligence agencies. It's still not yet determined if Snowden is a white hat or a black hat. Corsi seems to think that initially he was a black hat until he discovered some things and realized what was really going on. Anyway, one of the uh, uh, messages that Q puts out, he says, HK allowed his passport to clear custom. Well, let me let me go back here. Let me start. Let me start with this one here. Calling him spooky. Okay, he says he says at Snowden. This is on January 27th. At Snowden, the clock is ticking. How's Russia? And then in brackets, boldface, Mr. Contractor. Freedom of the Press John Perry Barlow And John Perry Barlow was one of the founders of um freedom uh, uh freedom for the press I can't remember the exact name of the um the uh, organization but um he was killed Secure drop uh, brackets boldface whistleblowers Secure drop greater than clowns in America greater than the CIA and then in all caps Nobody is safe. Then the next one is just one word: spooky. And then again, spooky. And then, Happy Hunting, Anonymous. Set the truth free. Happy Hunting, Anonymous. Then he talks about uh, again Snowden, and he's saying, um, "Let me move this over here. I gotta make that screen a little bit bigger." Okay. E.S., Edward Snowden, E.S. would not have been able to get out of H.K., Hong Kong, if clowns wanted him caught. Spook all along. It's the clowns, meaning the CIA. He wouldn't have been able to get out of Hong Kong if the CIA had wanted him caught. So he was a spook. He was a CIA spook. Then H.K. allowed his passport to clear customs. And then in all capital letters it says with the clowns in America and Department of Defense putting a NAT sec hold WW Not sure I can't remember what WW meant. How does he clear customs? How does he end up in Russia? Coincidence? Who was the first agency he worked for? Oh Edward uh, Edward Snowden first worked for the CIA. Who taught him the game? CIA who assigned him with foreign ops CIA why is this relevant future unlocks past watch the news spiderweb and then i'll just read you this one for, and, and i'm just taking a look at the time and seeing what's going on here uh okay who controls hw I'm trying to remember who hw is I can't remember. Who really controls H.W.? Why are movies made to glorify past, quote, true events? What is a PSYOP? Conspiracy push slash label. Brackets bold. Awake. Spiderweb. All capital letters from here out, and it says, You are being controlled. Sheep. Up is down, left is right, revolution, truth, trust the mission. Can't remember what H.W. was. See, that's why it's good to listen to Corsi because he's, he's able to figure all, most of this out. I mean, it's just really it's amazing. I should take notes. I should take notes. Although I will tell you that he does do, um, and I don't know if he's done it uh, because he's been doing so much radio, so much YouTube, new media. Uh, interviews that uh, I don't know if he's had time to actually go in and um, uh, write down what he's um, Let me see if I've got it here, QAnon, Jerome Corsi Okay, Decode Friday, January I think January 25th was the last one that he, I think it was the last one that he did uh, No, it might have been the 19th um, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this, uh, oh, wait, no, he's got one. Oh, wait, he's got January 27th. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. He did this on Sunday, January, yesterday. So this is what he's got. Okay. Um, oh, this is great. All right. We'll take a few minutes to do this. Um, Timestamp, uh, this was at uh, 955 Eastern, okay, on Saturday. Uh Council on Foreign Relations, and then he's got the, the Q, Q writes, Council on Foreign Relations, and he's got triangles before the words and after the words. And then he's got it linked to the Wikipedia.org members of the Council on Foreign Relations. So what, of course, he's saying is that QAnon has linked to the list of Council on Foreign Relations members with a pyramid symbol at the beginning of CFR and another pyramid symbol at the end of CFR, the words. The CFR is the globalist elite that QAnon identifies at the heart of the New World Order conspiracy with the idea of conspiracy signaled by the beginning and ending pyramids, symbols of a conspiracy that ends at the top. The pyramid is also symbolic of the eye-capping, the pyramid that can be seen on the back of a dollar bill, an emblem most often associated with the Illuminati. QAnon's point is that the Obama-Clinton 16-year conspiracy two presidential terms for each of them, is merely a part of a larger worldwide conspiracy in which the New World Order globalists and their co-conspirators in the central bank cabal intend to enslave the world's population through lies and deceits into a one-world currency and one-world government, the globalists' control. Now, how he was able to get all of that out of that link, I don't know, but I'll take him at his word. Then QAnon posted... um, timestamp 9:55 eastern uh us citizens and 18 usc 4 4001a pdf target http and end, end usmilitarism.org so of course he says q and on lists to a, a department us department of justice memorandum dated june, june 27th 2002 establishes that 18 U.S.C. Section 4001A allows the president to detain U.S. citizens as enemy combatants and specifically refers to the transfer of Jose Padilla, also known as Abdullah al-Muhar, from the Department of Justice to the Department of Defense. The memo was written by John C. Yu, that's Y-O-O, Deputy Assistant Attorney General for the DOJ Office of Legal Counsel. The point is that President Trump, under a declaration of national emergency, could declare enemies of the USA to be enemy combatants, subject to being tried by a military tribunal, not civilian criminals subject to the jurisdiction of the DOJ. Next one, it's just a simple link to a YouTube. Of course, he says, this refers to a speech Donald Trump gave during the 2016 election campaign, This is the one, by the way, that I played for you last week when we ended the show. Remember, I said I'm going to leave you with this video, uh, audio of Donald Trump during his campaign, all the statements that he made. The YouTube video is entitled, This Video Will Get Donald Trump Elected. In the speech, Trump outlines the Obama-Hillary conspiracy. He calls both Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton criminals. Trump attacks the D.C. establishment the central bankers, the global special interests, and the mainstream media. Quote, this is quoting Trump, Our campaign represents a true as existential threat like they have never seen before. A campaign to determine if we the people continue to rule the USA. Um, then he says, uh, of course, he says, a must watch capital letters, must watch, proves Trump understands the CFR, globalist, central banker, New World Order struggle for the survival of the nation and our last chance to save it. Q has posted this video twice, emphasizing its importance. Trump refers to WikiLeaks and Julian Assange, showing he views both as heroes, exposing the Clinton crime syndicate, and political corruption by publishing the DNC and Podesta emails. He exposes conspiracy of Clinton Foundation and Clinton Foundation to stop at nothing to destroy his presidential campaign. Quote, quoting Trump from this video, I knew this day would arrive and it was only a question of when. The only that can stop this corrupt machine is you. The only force great enough to stop this corruption is us, close quote. Prefigures QAnon and the Second American Revolution, led by Trump and millions of anonymous across the land. Hashtag Mega. Hashtag The Great Awakening. The next one. Q writes, At Jack, ain't in cuffs yet and still trying to control the narrative. Too bad he was taking money and profiting from people tied to the EO. Hashtag Goodbye At Jack. And then this came from outside. Then um, Hannity tweet account attacked, um, submission complete. This came from outside of Twitter on January 27th in the early morning hours. We realized Sean Hannity's Twitter account had been removed. What QAnon is affirming is that this attack came from outside Twitter and was not caused by censorship imposed by Jack Dorsey, co-founder and CEO of Twitter. On Friday, Hannity had delivered another hard-hitting Fox News broadcast, targeting the DOJ and the FBI in the Obama-Clinton coup d'etat and pushing to make public the Nunes memo prepared by the House Intelligence Committee. Clearly, deep state operatives wanted to cut Hannity off Twitter. This was an attack on Sean Hannity that signaled to QAnon that deep state conspirators were taking steps to silence patriot journalists. And then when Q uh, wrote submission complete, Corsi interpreted it thus, Hannity's Twitter account was removed after he posted twice on Friday evening uh, the following, quote, form submission 1649. The third time that was posted, the account was removed from Twitter. By responding submission complete, QAnon was signaling Hannity's meaning had been successfully completed. The reference was to Charles I in Great Britain, who was tried, convicted, and executed for high treason on January thirtieth, sixteen 1649. The point is that the Post signaled a new phase in the Trump counterattack in which Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, plus their co-conspirators, Will be named as traitors and pursued in a criminal process that QAnon has suggested could involve a military tribunal if necessary. Then he posts a list, um, and it's hard to read here because it's um well it it, it actually says form sixteen forty nine false imprisonment was Hannity sending out an SOS, and then um. And, and that's from Q. That's Q has written that, right? Or no, uh, no. I'm sorry. Anonymous. To which Q responds and says, "Select news members slash journalists are vital to delivering the message. Parentheses. As are you. And you, the word you is all in caps. Imagine if these people were removed. Total control regarding mainstream media. They represent a clear and present danger to the enemy." Reread past crumbs regarding security. Where is JS? How do we truly protect those important to us? 19 immediates no longer with us. Self-suicide if actioned. Real life, cue. So this, this was kind of like, whoa, okay. So Corsi interpreted it thus, where he says, select news members, journalists are vital to delivering the message, as are you. This is in response to the cyber attack on Hannity's Twitter account. QAnon is answering an anonymous asking if by 1649 Hannity was signaling he had been arrested and was imprisoned. QAnon begins his answer by noting that journalists like Sean Hannity are extremely important to delivering Donald Trump's message of the Obama-Clinton coup d'etat to nullify uh, nullify Trump's electoral victory in 2016, to revise the Constitution and replace the American Republic with a European Union-style socialist, communist, totalitarian state. QAnon always insists that this, the second American Revolution, can only be done by millions of anonymous red-pilling to undergo the Great Awakening, to save the Constitution and our fundamental freedoms as Americans. Think Thomas Paine anonymously authoring Common Sense in the First American Revolution. Then responding to Q's uh, statement, imagine if these people were removed. They represent a clear and present danger to the enemy. Reread past crumbs regarding security. Here, QAnon is asking us to imagine how lost we would be if journalists vital to the cause, like Sean Hannity, were to be removed, parentheses killed, by the deep state. Hannity and other red-pilled journalists represent a clear and present danger to the Obama-Clinton traitor conspirators, including those in deep state intelligence agencies, CIA and MSM. QAnon is cautioning us to take seriously all previous warnings about the need for security measures to be taken to protect journalists vital to the Great Awakening movement, including Hannity. Where is J.S.? J.S. is John Solomon. QAnon is alerting us to the concern that John Solomon has dropped from the face of the earth with no articles appearing in The Hill, no appearances on Fox News, and no new postings on Twitter. The investigative journalism reports John Solomon and Sarah Carter have been provi- have been have provi- provided have been key have provided I don't know a, have been key in exposing deep state conspirators within DOJ and the FBI. Their reporting on congressional investigations and the newness memo have been eye-opening. Q anon is concerned for John Solomon's well-being. We share QAnon's concern as we pray for both Hannity and Solomon's safety. The Gateway Pundit has warned that John Solomon was silenced after attacking the Washington Post with his expose articles causing a backlash from the leftist staff on the Hill. Um, uh, somebody tweeted, and I don't know if it's true or not, but somebody tweeted that they had heard that John Solomon and um, Sarah Carter had been given Secret Service protection. Which would tell me that probably Hannity, if that's true, Hannity probably has been as well. Okay, then uh, QAnon says, how do we truly protect those important to us? 19, immediates, no longer with us. Self-suicide, if actioned, real life. Here, QAnon suggests that we are entering a new phase of civil war against the Obama-Clinton traitor deep state co-conspirators and their allies in the mainstream media. If journalists important to the Great Awakening are attacked, killed, or otherwise removed, QAnon suggests there will be retaliation. Mainstream media journalists are open to being exposed as CIA hacks for their willing participation being paid by the CIA in the modern-day version of Operation Mockingbird to publish CIA talking points under their bylines. QAnon reminds us this is real life serious business where the consequences of playing the game can involve making life or death choices for all involved. This is one of QAnon's most serious warnings to date. All right. So, uh, oh, and well, talking about the self suicide, um, Somebody named anonymous asks Q a question and the question is is 19 a marker for FBI FBI immediate's no longer with us i.e. fired self suicide if actioned because we hear all and know they plan to take cyanide tablets if arrest excuse me if arrested could the above be a correct coding Q responds 19 would cease to exist immediately upon the harm of select individuals. Think nuclear standoff. Clarified? Question mark. Okay. So Corsi says, in response to an anonymous asking for clarification, QAnon explains his previous post means that if journalists important to the Great Awakening ceased to exist, in retaliation to their being harmed, We would see journalists important to the Obama-Clinton coup d'etat and deep state conspiracy cease to exist. Think nuclear standoff. QAnon refers to the doctrine of mutual assured destruction that buttressed USA nuclear weapons strategy in the 1950s. Any nuclear attack on the U.S. would be met by a massive counterattack that would lead to mutual assured destruction, a consequence so dire that a nuclear standoff resulted. QAnon asks, with the word clarified, if if this makes his point clear, it does, very clear. So there you have it. I'm going to give you the um, link to this so that you can uh, read it at your leisure, at your leisure. And um, I'm going to pre I think I think I'm going to let me just double check and make sure that I covered everything that I wanted to cover with you because I just too many things Trump's collusion from collusion to obstruction. Okay, there are some other things. Um, if you I'll tell you a good place to go to get some good um, info is over at Bongino dot com. He does his show notes. He put he links to his show notes uh, at the conclusion of every show. So um this is good. <laughs> you can go over there, Bongino.com, and grab some of the stuff that he's got. Because a lot of the stuff he's got, I was going to talk to tonight anyway. And I've just run out of time, and I'm running out of voice. So um, one of them that, that he really he, – I and haven't, I haven't finished reading it yet. It's at the Daily Signal, and it's um, Trump administration strikes a blow against identity politics. This has to do with the census, how Obama and, and his administration wanted to change the census – and add more categories um, to it, like uh, uh, South African American and, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, something else. And, and Trump is saying, no, nope, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. It's identity politics, and uh, it separates Americans. We are all Americans. We're getting rid of all these designations on, um, on the uh, census form. So uh, check that out. Census Bureau's recent move to reject changes to the decennial survey that were proposed by the Obama administration. Here it is. Briefly put, the Obama administration had proposed artificially creating yet another pan-ethnic grouping for Americans of Middle East and North African descent. The administration also proposed reducing the choices of Americans of Latin America or Caribbean descent. Uh, The bureaucratically invented pan-ethnic group the census calls Hispanics to identify themselves by a real race such as Black or white. Obama had made this proposal in late September 2016, no doubt fully expecting an incoming Clinton administration to rubber stamp it. Um, but history got in the way. So anyway, there you have it. Okay. All right. I think that's it. I think I'm out of I'm out of breath. I'm out of voice. In other words, he told Obama to shove it. High heat sinker. Yeah, I think so. I think that's pretty much what they did. As a matter of fact, he's completely erasing Obama's uh, almost completely erasing Obama's legacy with every stroke of his pen with every stroke of his Mont Blanc pen or his at cross or ta cross pen he's uh he's virtually eliminating all of the horror that oh uh, god that disgusting detestable obama did ugh ugh <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, listen, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of Trump. I think we all could use a little bit of Trump. So we'll be back here. Oh, tomorrow night, State of the Union, it starts at nine o'clock, which is when this show starts, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and bring up the show, but I'm going to be watching it with you and we'll be able to listen to it together. You can listen to it, you can turn off my sound or you can listen to it on my sound. And then after it's over, then we can chat about it, shall we? Okay? All right, sound good? Yeah, all right. That's great. All right, everyone. Thank you everyone. Thank you so much. And I and I don't need your money. I'm not asking you to be a Patreon patron. I mean, everybody's doing that now. Honestly, it's like, "Oh my gosh, get on the bandwagon." But I'm not I'm not going to do it. So, anyway, thank you. God bless you all. God bless America. And don't forget to say your prayers, especially for the president, for his safety and well being. Good night, everyone. Here we go. Trump. I want to be like the Donald. Come on, come on. Hit it. Hit
0: it. There it is. Oh. A big tall building that shouts my name. You tell my stylist to give me that hell. And no one it's like to be a billionaire. I get politics right out the door. Cause we're not gonna take it anymore. Getting my picture on the cover of time, and everybody else just waiting in line. I wanna be like the Donald Trump. I wanna be like the Donald Trump. I wanna be. Again, and I'll never give up, to stand back and watch me win Hey, hey, hey about Trump, now? Trump. 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 Trump, Trump I will make this country proud and strong Take a USA back to where she belongs I can build a wall Bring back some law and order Maybe hold a rally And people would come Cause everybody knows I can get it done I would need no money from yes, i think from the heart and tell it like it is I wanna be like I wanna be like The Donald's I wanna be like The Donald. Yeah, I wanna be like, I wanna be like The Donald. And I'll never give up Just stand back and watch me win